in life, we have more big rocks, more little rocks, more sand than you could ever be able to do. It will absolutely fill up at infinite amount of jars from the possibilities that we truly have. So it's not about going big rocks, little rocks, sand. It's about, you know what, what's the most important things that I'm happy to put in this jar and which regrets am I happy to live with? Which, which are the rocks that I'm happy to know, you know what, I'm not going to experience that in my lifetime. I'm happy to put that to the side because I'm willing to go for these ones as well and finding peace between that decision. God damn it. That's so good. (laughs) You are listening to The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi. What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years. Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love? Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, dear ones, beloved listeners. Welcome back to the medicine. I don't use that term dear ones, lightly. I truly love and appreciate every single one of you. You are our tribe, our people, our friends. Even if we've never met you, we are so grateful that you're spending time with us and investing in your own personal evolution because that's what our world needs more of. So today on the show, we are speaking to our good friend, Chris Dufay. We met Chris earlier this year at a Paul Check workshop, and right away, we bonded over our love of podcasting and deep life questions. Chris is one of those people that you just want to be around. You know, the type of person who is equal parts, successful, motivated, inspiring, but also very vulnerable authentic and willing to share the very real and dark parts of his human experience. If you were to see Chris in real life, he's super fit, handsome guy, has a beautiful family, great success in his career, greets everyone with his huge smile and Aussie accent. You would never guess right off the bat that he has dealt with depression and suicidal thoughts. You would never guess that at times in his life, he has really struggled in the self-love department but it's real. We discuss a lot of his journey today and how he has navigated these self-limiting and sometimes debilitating thoughts, depression, suicide ideation, and how he moved through it to become the walking success story that he is today. Family man, fitness expert, entrepreneur, psychonaut, and personal evolution enthusiast. We also get into a topic for all the philosophers out there Is it better to fake it until you make it? Or do we need to actually feel something genuinely, like self-love, before it becomes a reality for us? Do thoughts happen to us or do we choose our thoughts? It's a really fun conversation and oh so relevant as we all navigate a difficult world. It's challenging, but it's also beautiful and full of so much potential if we but make it so. 
and Chris is a shining example of that. So we invite you to share the episode if it helped in any way and check out Chris's podcast for more conversations from him. His show is called the Chris Dufay podcast, and it's also linked in the show notes below. Okay. Enjoy friends. Welcome back to the medicine podcast. My name is Mimi and I have this glorious man next to me, my partner in life and love and podcast right here. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on, everybody? We are crazy excited for today's conversation. Um, It's someone we've met recently, but felt like we've known for a freaking long time. So we are crazy excited to have Chris Dufay on the medicine podcast. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much. I love, adore, and respect the two of you. So I'm just really looking forward to being able to have this conversation. Awesome. Well, we're going to jump right in because we have a a gang of questions. The first question that we ask every guest on the medicine is, what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human? What's been really recent for me Uh, over the past few weeks, especially has just been this opening up of potential and opening up of self-belief. Actually, you know what? Self-love, actually feeling love for myself and the gratefulness for just each of these small moments and wanting to make the most of each of the moments, whether it's putting my daughters to bed, whether it's just being able to be in a conversation like this and have to mean open incredibly interesting dialogue to sitting in meditation or sitting in a meditation yesterday afternoon. And I just had this smile just come up on my face and I was just like, Oh my God. So I think it's those little things which are enjoying the moments that has really opened up for me because if I could be honest, it was, I think I was playing serious Sam way too much for way too Mm. long. And, that was stopping a lot of joy from my life. And so I think it's kind of like the letting go of that, the pulling down of that to the opening up of what's coming to now. Mm. Oh, dude, I love that. And and it's wild how simple self-love can be when you slow down mm-hmm. and you just start acknowledging and becoming aware of your environments and how much uh, pleasure you can obtain just from literally being still and Mm -hmm. and being aware. And I think, I think we overthink, of course, self-love because it really can be that simple. And and I think men or masculine uh, dominant beings, if you will, have a tendency to uh, numb what is in the current environment to keep directionally focused on the outcome or the project or the initiative, which is great. And it's beautiful. And it's one of the strengths of masculinity, Uh, but it can, the byproduct can be, oh no, I'm losing the senses of the current moment and the inability to just be conscious in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And so that is so huge, which is just the simplicity, the, the simple nature of having love for your current present moment and experience. And so, um, dude, I love that resonates deeply. I was going to ask, when do you currently right now, when do you feel the most love for yourself? That's a beautiful question. Whenever I have the attentiveness to come back into the moment, uh, which is something that's a practice I'm very much wanting to focus on 
uh, daily right now and is just bringing it back to this moment and very much actually asking the question, what's my intention? Uh, and like before we jumped on this call, I was like, what's my intention? Just getting very clear on what the intention is, breathing into my belly, grounding into this moment, and then just being like, oh, this, this is the moment right now. This is what is right now. I'm... Uh, it's something I ingrain in myself, but I, I, I do it through actually is interesting how it's come about. I do a guided meditation, putting my daughters to bed every night. And one thing I save really often is I get them to feel the joy and the peace that really comes from just accepting who they are. Yeah. And one way I tr want to be able to have them feel that is saying uh, to understand that Everything is just the way it's supposed to be. There is nothing to think about. There is nothing to plan for. There is nothing to worry about. There is nothing to do. Everything is just the way it is. And I think especially just like doing before we go to sleep each night, having that peace come about uh, is something profound because I want that to be able to lead into this uh, equanimity and into this love and into this enjoying what is right now and not having a either forward-looking anxiety or looking backward depression. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. What a gift to your daughters. And for the listeners, you have four <laughs> girls, a busy household over there. Um, but man, what a gift as a girl myself, a woman, I guess, to, to have that on a regular basis from your father is you can't put, you can't put a number on it. You can't put value on it. It is invaluable. Um, I'm almost like, can you record that? And we'll listen to it <laughs> yeah. as we go yeah. to bed every night. Cause like, I need some of that where it's like, it's all good. Yeah. You don't need to change anything. You don't need to fix anything. Like you're good. We're good. It's all good. Like, it, again, it's so simple, but it's like so profound. Mm. I, so you're actually not the first person to ask that. So maybe I should just, <laughs> yeah, because like when I travel, I'll do a recording, say like a, a WhatsApp audio so it can get played to them during yeah. like while, while I'm away or something like that. Oh, but I love that. It gets really important. I think it's something great for us all to kind of like sink back into and just have that understanding. Otherwise I know for myself, like having had really bad anxiety, having had depression, having had suicidal ideation, throughout my journey so far, those moments of being able to come back and self-love could be something. And I think is very important because I want that to be a North star to be able to guide myself through to me has helped me. So hopefully it helps others. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. Well, well, we'd love to get into a little bit about your, you know, backstory. You, you have, you wear multiple hats, your family, man, uh, husband, father, uh, entrepreneur, you're a health enthusiast, podcaster. Uh, these are all labels. Psychonaut. Psychonaut. These are all <laughs> labels, right? And they're beautiful um, and they have meaning behind them. Uh, but there's there's more to you. And, and I think there's there's a, a beautiful journey that you've, you've hinted at. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about um, your background and what you're currently, you know, doing in the world today uh, that, that allows you the ability to just passionately express uh, Chris. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it, a thought popped up when you were uh, talking before, Chase, especially about the masculine needing to kind of just be, I'm on a mission and I need to do what I need to do to get on this mission. And for me, I became a personal trainer when I was 18. I was really overweight as a kid. It really held me back. It really caused me issues doing in between my ears. 
and I learned to lose the weight and I wanted to help other people uh, go through that transformation. So I became a personal trainer. I built a great fitness business uh, throughout Sydney. I married the woman of my dreams when I was 25. And then she was actually told as a teenager that she wouldn't be able to bear children. And at 26, uh, we found out that she was pregnant with uh, our first child. And it was amazing. But three days later, I actually got an email from a colleague and I had the opportunity to move to Dubai to start a fitness business. And at the time, professionally, I was not happy at all. Mm. I felt like I was ticking the boxes of success in life and it ended up feeling like a hollow ground that was, I was just digging my grave and I was digging deeper each and every day going into it. I wasn't loving the work I was doing. I felt extremely trapped. Uh, I, I saw this white picket fence life forming. Like I'd got married. We just bought our second property uh, in Sydney. Like, and it was just like, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I haven't signed up for this. Like I, I haven't consciously chosen this and this is what's forming because I was following what everyone was saying I should be doing. And I was like, no, no more. Like, I don't like this at all. And so when that email came through three days later, after we found out Lauren was pregnant, uh, I took that opportunity, but it meant when my wife was six months pregnant, I sold uh, our house, my car, gave my clients away. Um, I left my wife in Sydney and I flew to Dubai knowing one person on the other side. I slept on a couch for months so I could start the business, got the business going, uh, flew back. Lauren gave birth to our first daughter, Arlo, and then we moved to Dubai as a family. Wow. And that very much chased for me. Like I was so on a mission. Like it was just, I, I will not fail. I will not fail. I, you will have to literally kill me for this not to work out. And I, I had to build an armor. I had to build something around me that took years to pull down, if I could per be perfectly honest, when it came to that. Um, but it got the job done. Uh, we lived in Dubai for a couple of years. I burnt out doing the fitness business there, which then I really started to think about, I don't want to live with compromises. And I think this is a big theme when I kind of like look back to join the dots because I don't want to be able to, the classic stories of somebody doing uh, earns heaps of money, but then they lose their relationship with their children. They climb the ladder of success, but they're really out of shape and out of health. And I was like, no, I, I want to be in impeccable physical shape and health. I want to have great loving relationships. I want to be able to be extremely successful and wealthy. Like I want to have these things. And for me, it became very clear when I got honest with myself, with what my values are. And then once I was able to ground into what my values are and then literally engineer my life around those, things became so much simpler. So then it was kind of like, okay, from Dubai, I burnt out. We actually moved to Bali because my wife was like, this is not working. We don't want to live here anymore. Uh, I was starting the online fitness business. This was back in 2014. And I was like, okay, like, I think I can do this. Like, I, I enjoy this. Okay, let's do it. And so we sold everything, packed everything up, moved to Bali. And now recently kind of like one, two, skip a few. I just sold my company 10 days ago. And I'm in a space now where I'm like, oh, 
now I'm getting started. This was the crazy thing. After going through this, I'm like, now I'm getting started. Now I'm able to open up to the Yeah, totally it does. So now I'm really looking forward to how everything kind of unfolds. But um, as you said, Mimi, I have four amazing daughters, uh, which are nine, six, three, and Noah's nine months now. Uh, Lauren, my wife, we've been married for nearly 11 years and I feel like it just gets better and better with our relationship and I'm really looking forward to the next chapter of this life and it's interesting because I want to be able to share because for me when I look back, I was overweight, I learned to lose a weight, I wanted to uh, become a personal trainer to help people. I ran a really shitty fitness business I then I became to uh, run a great business, I then helped people do that. Now for me, I didn't love myself. I didn't love my life. I didn't love the situation I'm in, but now I do. Now I want to help people go through mm. that transformation. And so for me, it's been pretty simple. I'm just like, I'm just solving my own problem right now and just wanting to leave hopefully some breadcrumbs that other people can pick up. Yeah. yeah. God, there's so much there. Yeah, there's so <laughs> so much. Much. You know, something that came up for me, um, is something my dad told me, a few years ago now, my dad uh, is a very successful businessman. Um, he came out of poverty, like absolute poverty in, in um, very rural Montana, started a very successful construction company, turned into property management, investment, real estate development, investment. Um, and, he, and he got out of the game probably 10 years ago or so. Uh, very successful. But we were shooting the shit like on the porch up at our lake home a few years ago. And we're, you know, we're talking about like, you know, kids these days, they don't have enough work ethic. And, and we're like, you, you got to grind, man. It's got to be, it's got to be hard. It's got to hurt. You got to push through it. Um, you got to make tough decisions. And we're sitting there we're doing this for, you know, maybe 10 minutes or so. And then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I've done that. It makes me miserable. It makes me an asshole. It, it, it turns me into a stone cold blooded asshole. I'm like, I think there's another way. And he goes, and he kind of softens as well. And he goes, you know what, son? You're right. I'm at the time he was about seven years after he'd sold uh, most of his businesses. And, and he's like, you know, I, I've been out of it for seven years now and I'm still peeling back the layers, trying to figure out who the hell I am. And it was like, this is, I'm like, holy shit. This is coming yeah. from my dad who's, who's uh, not necessarily like super conscious of a lot of things. He's not really into like self-development, but he had this moment of just like, it was something yeah. from his soul that he was communicating, which was like, you know what? You're right. The amount of shells and protective layers that I had to put on to get these things done, to come out of where I came from and to get, and to get through what I had to get through, it really does put a callus on the, on the, yeah. on the soul. And uh, it, he's in this process as a 60 year old man of finding himself. And uh, it's beautiful, but it's also very indicative of really can't what it can take and the callousing that it can take uh, to be successful in this world. Yeah. I'm curious to hear from you guys both as the masculine, maybe both of you could answer, but like, do you feel like it's possible to get to the point where you are, Chris, just having sold a very successful company, you know, Chase in all of your successes in life and, you know, speaking to your dad's success, do you think it's possible as the masculine, you know, you could say leader of your household, you know, your, your family's looking at you to provide and everything is it possible to achieve that and acquire that without putting on those shells? Like, what are your guys' thoughts there? I love that question. And it has been something I've been thinking a lot about. I actually just 
it was uh, a, a few days ago, I just finished an essay and I named the essay, why achieving more won't make you happy and what mm. will. And going through the process, and I think especially only what I can talk to and say a, a man's process and journey through life, I think there is both both of those aspects. The I don't love the word grind and hustle, but there is the pushing and there is you needing to be able to, you know, it's screw it. There is the times where you need to bleed through your forehead. <laughs> and, and I think that there is, there, is a, there is a time in a man's life that that is needed. And that is a part of like, let's say the warrior archetype where it's like, okay, you need to step into that. And you need to be able to do that work. Then there's the other side where I would say, let's call it a wizard archetype where it's like it things just flow through you and naturally come about through it. And it's interesting because uh, actually I actually have like a quote in my office wall that I have from one of my favorite philosophers, a philosophers, Ikkyo Sojin, which is throw me into hell and I'll find a way to enjoy it. And I, I want to be able to hold both of those aspects because I think if we can harmonize between grit and grace, we find a peace that we're accepting what is, we're accepting the reality. And so this is where I think their conversations need to be that is nuanced and it's understanding and it's not just saying you know what you just need to grind and hustle because that could be the exact wrong thing like if you're running west looking for a sunrise do you know what I mean you just i don't care how hard you run you will not get what yeah. it is that you're looking for at the end of the day and so there is a nuance of understanding who am i where am i in my life right now what's the chapter what's the season that i'm currently in what is it that i want and what is the best actual steps that i need to be able to go through and also i think there's a piece in understanding of you you are going to screw up you're not going to make all of the best decisions and that's okay you just need to uh, be able to like roll with it and to be able to grow as you move through it as well. But I'd love to hear from you, Chase, as well with yeah, this. Yeah, dude, I love that. I love the the grit and grace and, and finding some happy medium. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more, echo everything you'd have to say. I think uh, it is it is innate in the masculine to push through those challenges, experience pain, use the feedback of pain or um, something that is discomforting and use that to then uh, acquire knowledge and pursue that even further. I think where it gets slippery sometimes is like when we've completely cut off our intuition or our ability to sense anything, which is really our, our feminine. Um, and you know, masculinity is leadership direction oriented, very driven to <clears throat> pursue and acquire and, and build. Um, but if you don't have an intuitive sense from the starting point, from a, from a baseline perspective to know where you are orienting, you're going to end up, like you said, somewhere, but it may not be where, where you want. And so as it, as it, I, th I think every masculine will have to learn this in some way. And it usually starts by kind of like fucking something up or, or it getting to the point that it hurts so bad that you have to, you know, self-reflect. Um, but intuition, your senses, creativity, which is just your feminine, which every man has a feminine inside of themselves is, is where that's found. And um, mm. sometimes that can be really, really great when you have a feminine part counterpart who in your relationship dynamic is so perfect that they can almost be that compass. Um, mm. But I would say the, the next level uh, practice or the next level um, like ninja life skill would be to find the feminine within yourself and use your own intuition as the compass 
only then to be supplemented or complemented by your feminine counterpart in a relationship or something like that. But um, yeah, that's kind of what comes up for me. Yeah. I think just as both of you are, are speaking and I, I love what both of you had to say I, in the modern world, especially in the Western world for men specifically, you know, in let's say 500 years ago or 200 years ago, there, there may have been more of a significant like rite of passage or initiation into manhood where now we don't really have that. I mean, you could say that women do as we, you know, become a woman and all of that, like, but it's, it's tougher for men. There's not a clear demarcation of going from boy to man. And I think, you know, this, this could be a sort of Mm -hmm. rite of passage or initiation, depending on what it is, you know, that you're doing, but <clears throat> I do like that you say like, no, screw it. There's going to be times yeah. where you're bleeding <laughs> and you're going to be asking yourself, is this right? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And I think that that is a quality that is important for all of us, not just men, but all of us to be able to harness and to touch inside of ourselves is like, oh no, I know I can do hard things. I know that I can push through this because two years ago, I did this, like this confidence begets confidence. Then you can use that confidence in other aspects of your life. Like say like relationship, you know, it doesn't translate exactly, but if you have the grit to push through the really hard days of those beginning entrepreneurial endeavors, and it's really hard and you don't know the answer and there's no one there to help you that gives you confidence later, I think in life you know, with your partner where it's like, Hey, there's no manual, you know, we're in this, it's you and me, we can figure this out. We can do hard things together. Um, and I think the more that we do that, Hmm. the more we can sense when we're in that mode and then be able to choose it consciously where it's like, Hey babe, I have this goal and I need your support and we're going to be moving towards this. I'm going to be, you know, having my head down and I'm going to, I I'm working towards this for us. But I think where a lot of people fall off, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this uh, as a business owner and businessman, um, is like you said, your life felt like it was kind of just happening to you. And you kind of were like, I didn't sign up for this. (laughs) And uh, we, we call that the mainstream script of happiness, where it's like, get a good job, find a wife or a husband or, you know, partner, have a couple kids, get the house with the white picket fence. And then that's supposed to equal happiness. Well, for you and so many others, including ourselves, that didn't happen. And so I think once we can really start to choose consciously, you know, the, the phases of our life, um, what we're stepping into, then it feels less like this is happening to me. Did you know that Mushy Love Latte contains three to five times more organic mushrooms per serving than almost any other mushroom product out there? How did we do this? Well, we started with the question, how do we get the most mushrooms possible packed into each scoop and still make it delicious? It took us a while, but the result is a whopping one gram of chaga and tremella in a mixture that tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll. To support robust immunity, glowing skin and hair, and overall cellular hydration, all organic ingredients, no weird fake sweeteners, and our mushroom growers have over 40 years of experience. They are OGs in the mushroom industry. We weren't interested in creating anything but the best for you guys. 
and ourselves. Grab a bag of Cinnamon Swirl Mushy Love Latte at GetMushyLove.com and you can use the discount code MEDICIN, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, just for being a valued listener of the podcast. Enjoy. I love that. There's so many great things there, Mimi, that I want to be able to pull those threads on. So the first one, which is something I've I've spoken to a few guys like privately uh, over the last few weeks about, and it comes up a lot for men, I feel, it probably because that's the conversations I'm in anyway, but it's like wanting to be confident. And I was like, well, hang on, let's step back and let's let's actually think about this for a second. And I was like, why do you want to be confident? How do you think you're going to feel confident? So for me, I piece these back and I was like, okay, uh, I love alliteration. And so it was like, okay, first we need courage because you need courage to be able to one, know what it is that you want to be able to do and then start moving forward towards that, which I think there's a lot there as well. But then there's a commitment and there is a commitment needed to be able to forge forward because once you are able to then start a commitment and follow through, you then create consistency. And it is only through consistency that you are able to do what it is. And it's easy to come back to a fitness analogy and go, you just need to get under the bar and put reps in. Put good quality reps in day in, day out. I don't care if you don't feel like going to the gym today, you're going to go and do it. And it is through the consistency of quality work that will eventually lead to confidence at the end of the day. But it was also interesting. Oh, here's another C. It just popped up into my head. So much of us, and let's let's just say we're talking in a business context right now. So much of us are wanting certainty. And I believe, especially because I'm like now partnering and advising with entrepreneurs, it's people are wanting certainty. And I feel like one characteristic of a great entrepreneur is being able to suspend their need for certainty. Because mm. if you're constantly wanting certainty, then you're doing things to try and like grasp a hold of something. And so for me, I get this visual in my head where I'm like, if you can release the uh, the grip in your mind, release the actual clenched fist in your mind to that, then you can start opening up to, because it was actually me being in psychotherapy. And I remember this coming up about like certainty and control. And my therapist was like, Chris, you understand, like you don't have control over anything. Like what is control? And I was like, I was like, I was like, Oh shit, that's really true. Like I I don't have control. And so we don't have certainty because I, uh, a mentee of mine, I, I saw that he did a post and it was like wanting to be able to have him having clarity and having certainty about what he was doing. And I sent him a message, go, dude, do you understand certainty is a complete delusion? Like what, what I, what can you be certain about at the end of the day? And so for me, I think it's then just an understanding. And this comes back to what you were saying, Chase is like, can we fall back and soften to being able to have a, what is it that I want? And I think this is an extremely important and interesting question because uh, Rene Girard's philosophy, especially around mimesis, is like we're doing things and we're wanting things in our world because we're getting affected from our outside environment. And so it is extremely important to know or to be able to surround yourself in the right environment because that is something that is going to profoundly impact what you want and therefore what it is that you're going to be doing to try and get there at the end of the day. 
So listening to your guys' podcast, being around you, like I know that makes me a better person, right? Because it is naturally going to, I'm going to have this mimesis to being able to kind of like go in a different trajectory. Then it comes down to, and I use the word spidey senses, like, and I very much used to say in my past, I don't have a good intuition. Like, I, I would say that out loud. I would cast that spell upon myself and say, I don't have a good intuition. And it's really interesting now because I have a great intuition and I use like spidey senses. Like I'll have many instances where I'm like, oh, my spidey senses are tingling and I'll go with it. I'll listen to it. I'll, I will burrow into that feeling and really come to like what is going on right now and wanting to have an understanding of what that is because if we can become honest with ourselves i think that's one of the greatest superpowers we can ever have and that's the thing like we are the easiest people to have delusion and like in buddhism it's mara do you know what I mean? It's, it's the embodiment of delusion. And so for me, I want to be able to say, I see you, Mara, and be able to welcome Mara in for tea because I, I actually got T-shirts at one point printed saying, I see you, Mara, because I wanted to remind myself, like, where is the delusion in my life? Where am I deluding myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's what comes up. Yeah, that reminds me, just uh, the last thing you said, it reminds me of uh, a question that we we heard from Mark Champagne. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's, he's mm-hmm. wonderful podcaster and thinker. And uh, he has this question that he asks himself all the time. And it's, what am I pretending not to know? Mm-hmm. Which is like, That's beautiful. you can, you can, it, it's confronting, you know, but it, oh. it's just stemming off of, of, you know, where's my delusion? Where am I putting myself in delusion? And I, it's, it's all too easy sometimes. And that question is like, so confronting. And I, every, you know, three, four, six months or so I journal it. And, and it's just, when you just like release all judgment or attachment to anything and just let it flow, like it's amazing what will come out and, and how much we do kind of entertain our own delusion for whatever reason, of course, but just reminded me of that. So you said at the start of that one of the labels that could be put uh, upon myself was psychonaut. And I'm more than happy to talk about this stuff. Actually, last night I I did a ketamine journey and it was very interesting because the first feeling that was coming through me was I felt like these attachments and ideals that I was putting upon myself were just getting released. Like I was just like shedding them off. I was just letting them go. And I was like, these don't serve me anymore. These aren't real at the end of the day. I am, I am creating these illusions. I'm the one that's creating this right now. And it was, it was such a powerful sense for me to just feel this weight. Like I was like, I feel lighter. Like I, I was like, I, I was like, I felt my digestive system just be like, at ease because I just wasn't having that tension from what was getting put upon there. So I, I found that very interesting and just very much related to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that, man. I, um, I would love to, you know, get into, get into psychedelics and, and, and how you, you know, consciously use them. Um, but I would love to ask someone who's very purpose-driven, how do you interact with your purpose or identify your purpose or what you feel called to do. I think there are many who hear, you know, find your purpose, find your, for your um, mission or your dream. And they're stuck because they're like, I don't even know how to figure that out. Is it make money? There's a lot of scripts out there that tells that, that will tell me what my purpose should be, but how do you interact with your own 
deep personal dream or purpose? This is really salient for me right now because I feel like I'm going through one of the biggest chapter changes of my life. So I, number one, I'll caveat all of this with, I do not have the answer. I'm just going to share like what my experience has been thus far. And the first thing that comes up to me, I think there's a two part answer to this. And the first part is simply go out and do things. Number one, just go and do, do not think that you're going to get it right. You're not and embrace that, but go and do experiment, feel it out. You need to be able to have experiences reflect back for you to then be like, well, that was good or that was bad. And that didn't feel so great. Maybe I did this wrong. And you need to have experiences come through that. And once you start having experiences, I think this is where there is the importance of having awareness and presence to be able to then be like, well, how how is that how am i feeling what feels correct and i think that's where we're literally building the skill of intuition yeah. like yeah. being able to tap in and build that as a skill thinking of it as a skill set that you need to be able to work on daily as a practice to be able to feel what's going through uh, hey like we met at the czech workshop like he yeah. was talking to that in there like literally being able to tap in and being like which stone is calling yeah. next and how is this going to be placed such a brilliant real life practical example of being able to do that. I thought that was incredibly um, intelligent to be able to use that as an example for the, for literally the rest of life. And so the awareness and presence, I think is very important. That's that takes diligence to be able to cultivate. That's not easy. That's the work. Do you mean like get in there and, and get going Then I think there's the next part of what I feel like the answer could be. And that's going to be the truly the getting to know yourself and really trying to work through what is it that's next. Because for me over the past, okay, so let's think about this for a second. It was, it's been, I think it's been like 10 days since I sold the company, like the closing date. I signed the deal five weeks before that. So it was super quick transition. And I just saw like everything just like falling into place. And it was just like, I, I knew exactly what to do. I knew exactly how to execute. I was just like, I've done the work. I just need to like let it unfold. And so much of that, the last five weeks was me literally journaling to myself every single morning, just being like, just relax back, let it unfold. Like I can't control this. I can't force this. It's just, it has to happen the way it's going to happen and accepting it. And so Purpose is interesting because I think it's such a case of not thinking what another word might be, which is passion. And I think people might get a little bit convoluted with what that is because they might be feeling like, what am I passionate about? And I just want to be doing that. I don't think that's the answer. That just comes up to me. Like passion isn't what, passion is how we do it not what we do. It's a how, not a what. And so with purpose, I feel like it's very much a case of having to work through what is right and then being able to cultivate the listening to oneself and getting to know oneself. Hell, you know what? It comes back to getting clear on my values. I think the best answer I could give to this, especially from my own experience, is I did the work to get very clear on my values and I've designed my life around that. And it becomes 
very clear and very simple for me. I know how to show up each and every day and I just need to check in frequently to make sure I'm aligned with that. Yeah. That's a really good point is aligning your life or creating your life around your established values such that they match up and you can engage in things that, you know, come back to your values. It's always going to feel right. It's always going to feel aligned because that's the center. But I think a lot of people, uh, you know, sort of align their life around their job, whatever it might be. And that's kind of the center and everything else kind of just, um, comes secondary to that. And then they're realizing like, oh my God, I don't even like my life because I don't even like the job or the work that I'm doing. Or maybe I liked it once, but it's not for me now. And uh, that's a really good point is to get really clear on your values and principles first and let the rest move around. You know what comes up for me? Did you ever hear the story of like the professor, he comes into a class and he's got a jar and he's got big rock, little rock sand And he's like, do you mean, how do you get all of this into the contents of the jar? And everyone tries to do it. And he's like, no, 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 you've got to put the big rocks in, then the little rocks fall around it, then you pour the sand around. Incorrect. Because in life, we have more big rocks, more little rocks, more sand than you could ever be able to do. It will absolutely fill up at infinite amount of jars from the possibilities that we truly have. So it's not about going big rocks, little rock sand. It's about, you know what, what's the most important things that I'm happy to put in this jar and which comp, which, which regrets am I happy to live with? Mm -hmm. Which are the, which, which are the rocks that I'm happy to know? You know what? I'm not going to experience that in my lifetime. I'm happy to put that to the side because I'm willing to go for these ones as well. And finding peace between that decision. God damn it. That's so good. That's so good. And and it's it's so like I get the waters muddied often by doing something, maybe not liking it, but then getting the feedback that it was good. And so all of a sudden I'm like, is that my per- is that what I'm supposed to be doing? They're telling yeah. me that I'm good. I made money by this. Is this does this mean I'm supposed to do this? But then I feel chained to it after a while. And I'm like, okay, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, God, that is so, so good. Thank you for that share. I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, meditating on that, surely. Where, where does um, the divine or God or however you would define that energy of something metaphysical and, and uh, where does that play into your life and into the things that you choose to partake in? Mm, beautiful question. I like the word divinity. God, if I could be honest, because I grew up with a Catholic schooling background, I feel like there is baggage that I have not done the work to be able to like let go of and move through right now. And I also think uh, if like, are we able to truly use the words to be able to have a definition of God that we can have a agreement to like work through? And that's the interesting thing where we're making noises out of our face right now at each other to try and get a understanding of what it is that we're feeling. And it's like, dude, (laughs) it's inherently broken the system that we're using right now, but okay, let's work with it. (laughs) Divinity. I like, I think when it comes to, spirituality uh it is for me it is being able to have a greater essence and working with as a whole and i think it was ken wilbur whereas like his definition of spirituality was 
actually a question. And the question is, what is of most importance right now? And that's something I like to come back to often thinking about that because I I believe through the experiences that I've had, and I, I like to believe, it makes me feel good if I could be perfectly honest because I don't know if it's absolute truth, but I feel like it's effective. And that it's a case of how do I have the best actions, thoughts, self that are able to work with the wholeness, the, the, mm. the whole, do you know what I mean? Like on a cosmic level uh, and being able to think of beyond myself. And obviously it goes from beyond myself to my family. How do I best serve my family? How do I best serve my community? How do I best serve the cosmos, do you know what I mean? In its entirety. And then very much like uh, so much of what I've put my time and attention to over the past 12, 18 months has been like really trying to learn and grapple and mold and kind of like get an understanding of the different philosophies that have come through uh, our time and being able to find what what fits with me right now and how do I best make of sense of life? Because I ultimately want to be able to answer, how do we live a good life? Like doing the having the two of you on my podcast, I was like, the, the, the intention is how do we live a good life? And let's have a discussion about what that looks like on a day-to-day level. But also like really going into like, what does that actually look like? Because for me, when it comes to these big questions, I want to be able to pull that big question down and to be able to go, you know what? How does that help me through Thursday? How do I be a better person on a day-to-day level practically for the people that I love so that I can best serve them? And that's what I try and come to. Mm, that's so good. I love this question. This is a question that we ask almost every guest on here. And I just, my, my former dogmatic religious <laughs> heart is just like exploding when I hear the varied, the varied answers of, of how people, you know, their, their answers to this question. And it's just, that was beautiful. I, I just love that you're making it practical because you can get really airy fairy. You can get really esoteric about spirituality, about God, about the divine and the cosmos and everything like that. But at the end of the day, if whatever your beliefs are, is not moving you closer to love in some capacity, then you could consider them not true. So if your beliefs, if your interactions with divinity, God, whatever you want to call it, is actually moving you to towards being a more loving father, being a, a more loving partner, being a more loving friend, if it's not mm. doing that, then what the fuck are we doing? Mm. You know, totally. so I love yep. that you just are putting it in practical, like, how does this help me on Thursday? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. All right, real talk. If you're anything like me, finding quick foods that are actually healthy and intentionally sourced is not the easiest task these days. Take something like jerky. 99% have added sugars, preservatives, and are sourced from conventional non-organic farms from stressed and possibly diseased animals. Yikes. Okay, what about protein or granola bars? Oftentimes these bars have way more sugar than protein and the protein itself is usually bottom of the barrel, cheap and low quality. We used to have the hardest time while traveling, like what the heck are we supposed to eat when we need something quick? 
Then I discovered Paleo Valley. Hallelujah. Chase and I's favorite when we need something convenient, like during travel. The beef or turkey sticks and superfood bars are literally an answer to my prayers. They are made from real whole foods with no added sugars or mystery ingredients and are super delicious. Even kids love them. Get this, Paleo Valley sources their meat and their bone broth protein exclusively from organic regenerative farmers. The animals are pasture-raised, grass-fed their entire life, and the farmers themselves are practicing regenerative farming. This means that they are actually healing our Earth's soil rather than killing it and stripping it like conventional farms. I feel so good knowing that I'm blessing my body with high-quality foods and supporting our Earth and future generations by supporting Paleo Valley. If you want to try for yourself, you can use the direct link in the show notes to check out Paleo Valley and use the code MEDICINE, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N for a discount, or just check them out in our medicine cabinet at getmimifit.com. We're bringing you only the best, boo. Cheers. And... I think maybe even to come back to a point you brought up uh, previously, Chase, like I was thinking about this uh, when you said something before and I was like, I wanted to push my boundaries of what my beliefs were as a man. And I've written poetry for my male friends before. Like I've, I've, I've sat there and put the time and effort and I've like, I want to show him my absolute love that I have for him and my gratefulness and doing it like, I, I'm no poet. <laughs> I wanted to put the time and effort to see what came through. And I was really pleased with it. And I've I've written poetry for my daughters because um, I wanted them to be able to experience to me like what that would look like. And again, for myself, I wanted to test out what that would look like. So I do find this very fascinating when it comes to it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, switching gears a little bit here. Um, what is an unpopular opinion that you maintain that you'd like to share with us and Ooh. there's an open runway go as deep or wherever you want to go no restraints oh this is a fantastic question what comes up for me an unpopular opinion that i hold that life should be hard and it's not that life is hard so therefore it is bad no life is hard so therefore it is what it is and the more that we can come back to reality and what is without the stories that we're putting upon ourselves i feel like the more peace that we have because for me i don't want to be happy i'm not optimizing life for happiness i'm optimizing for peace Mm. And for me, for me, they're different things. Um, do you know what I mean? The Greeks use the word eudaimonia. Uh, th- th- there are different words. Again, we're just making sounds out of our mouth at the end of the day, which is trying <laughs> to point to something. Yeah. But for me, it's something I've wanted to, something I've been reflecting on recently. It was like, okay, I have achieved something that I've been working towards selling the company I'm financially free. I didn't have to work for money ever again. So what is it that I want to do? And interesting, since the 10 days of selling the company and being out, 
I've worked every single day, more than I was working before, <laughs> right? I'm jazzed about it. I, I, I'm lit up, absolutely lit up. And so focused on what it is that I want to be able to do. And for me, there has been this case of, whoa, 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 hang on, Chris. Like kind of like pull the reins, slow down for a second, take a breath and look at what's going on. And I was like, Buddha said life is suffering, which technically he actually didn't say that. He said life is dukkha and dukkha has a different uh, set of meanings and not what suffering is. But it's a case of like understanding what is and where our minds are at and how we're interacting on like this world, this incarnation, whatever your beliefs are when it comes to this sort of thing, like what is. And if we just accept what is happening right now and like letting go of these expectations and attachments, holy shit, for me, my experience is things become a hell of a lot better. And so that's why kind of like coming back to that, can we harmonize between grit and grace? Can we take the middle path? Is it an understanding of like, okay, you know what? There's going to be really hard times. I will bleed through my forehead. And you know what? Because I have done it before, I have an anchor point and I know the characteristics, the traits, the personality, the identity of who I've become today. I know that I'm more than happy to tackle those hard times that are going to be coming through later. But then there's the also times where I, I, I should, I was going to say need, and I shouldn't use any of those words. It, it would be to my best interest that I can then soften and enjoy the moment and really extend peace, love, and joy to the rest of the world, but then also to myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it's at. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's hard, but you don't have to suffer. You know, you don't have to make yourself suffer through life when, when it is, you know, innately challenging. And I think that's where growth, you know, comes from and, and fitness and exercise is the perfect example of that. Mm-hmm. I love movement. I love challenge in the gym or through physical activity. It's hard. Um, but I love the feedback loop of what's on the other side of that. Um, and I, some, some days, you know, you can suffer through it, but for the most part, I, I, I know that feedback loop and, and thoroughly embrace, uh, what it means to push yourself physically. And, and, um, I think it actually, uh, tailors into a, you, you know, a question that, that I'd want to ask you next, which would be, those hard times, those moments of catalytic opportunity where seeming a seeming stumbling block in life approaches, um, but you've been able to catalyze it into a, a stepping stone. Um, what for you has been one or two transformational moments that on the surface seemed hard, um, but instead of suffering through them, or uh, maybe you did suffer through them, but, but transitioned into uh, using them as an accelerator for growth and evolution, um, maybe take us through some uh, transformational moment or two, or even the most recent uh, through your um, the completion and the the selling of your business. I, I think two moments come up. And it's a great question, Chase. And I think the first one is when Lauren had a late miscarriage. Mm. Uh, for me, a concept or a principle that I think best serves me is being able to think about what's the story I'm going to want to tell myself later of how I'm acting right now. How do I self-author myself moving forward from today? And so I remember Lauren wasn't feeling great. Something was off. My spidey senses were tingling. Mm, What's going on? I remember we went for a scan and something was wrong, but it wasn't like, it wasn't clear what what was happening. 
And I remember saying to myself, okay, Chris, if this is a miscarriage, how do I show up as my best self right now? And I, I sat down and went through it. Is it a nice feeling to do that? No, it's not, but that's okay. It's not supposed to be nice. Uh, and I was able to then forward think and act through it so that I was able to best serve Lauren going through that. So I can look back today and be like, wow, I actually showed up as the person I really loved. And that was really good. And I, I was able to best serve through that to my best of ability at the time. Uh, the other time that I think of as well, actually, is uh, 18 months ago, I, I think I want to say, um, I was diagnosed with depression. And I remember sitting in that darkness that was just, it felt like the closest like picture I could paint for what it felt like was I was in a deep, dark ocean and I was just keeping my head above water. And any moment now I was about to sink under it. And it was like, and it was interesting because I was having suicidal ideation and I think, well, I think I was making it worse for myself because I was then saying, I have nothing to be upset about. Like mm-hmm. I have an amazing family. We're living an amazing life. I'm running an amazing business, like all of this stuff, but like something was off that was causing me to feel the way that I was feeling. And it was again, coming back to the, how am I going to show up today? What is the story? Because I think we're just telling ourselves stories at the end of the day. Like I woke up this morning and I started to tell myself the story of this is who Christopher is. It's, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're all acting at the end of the day. And I think that's a part of uh, doing a bit of a Hindu philosophy that I like to lean into and think of like, you know, and if this was just a play that we we're playing, uh, how much, how much of the, let's say fatalistic point of view, can we have of life? It's like things are just going to unfold. Uh, you really have no determination of what is, there is no free will to the other side of the pendulum of like you control whatever you want, like all of this stuff. And I, again, I don't think it's on the sides of the extremes. I think there is more of an answer that comes between the middle of that and being able to go, what's the story that I want to tell myself right now moving forward and being able to take responsibility for then showing up to then write that story moving forward. And I think it is, it's a perspective of being able to first create space between myself, the feeling, the experience and what's going on. And then from that space, I can then think through what is happening. So I'm like being able to like get, get out of it. So I'm not consumed by it because I also find it very fascinating. Like what's a thought? Like we get encapsulated by what a thought is, but have we ever thought about what a thought actually is? <laughs> yeah. And being able to, being literally like me sitting in meditation, seeing, I was doing this this morning. I, my point of, uh, my intention of meditation this morning was like an ocean, being able to see a thought like a wave come up and then drop back down and not having any attachment to it, but just seeing the waves come and go, seeing the waves come and go. And then literally being able to see a thought like, just spin out and go wherever they go from wherever they come from. I find that very fascinating as well. So that was just a case of we have these transformational moments in our lives. And for me, being able to take responsibility for who I am and controlling the things that I can control, which at this point I believe are my thoughts and actions only, that's all I can do. Everything else, cool. I need to accept what reality is. Mm. Yeah. What was the new thought that you created 
or that you started thinking when you were in that deep, dark ocean, barely keeping your head above water, what was the new thought that had to happen for you to step out of that darkness? Super interesting, actually, because I, the, the thought to answer the question directly was, this is not about me. Mm. That was the thought. This is not about me. It happened. I remember I went for a, a walk along the beach, this big long walk along the beach. Uh, the one property that we have in Australia is on this amazing beach called Sunshine Beach, and it is just like pristine and it's gorgeous. Mm. And I remember coming back and I walked inside our place and I looked at Lauren and I go, oh, you're pregnant. And she was pregnant. And I just knew it. This look on her face, that everything that, that I was like, I was like, you're pregnant. And that solidified the feeling of this is not about me. Mm. I was like, it was Chris, <laughs> stop thinking about your fucking self, dude. Do you know what I mean? There are there is more important things out there. And this was a clear indication of a pointing out of what's more important. Mm. Wow. That is really powerful that you had that you had that level of intuition and just knew. Um, yeah, I just looked at her and I was like, "I've seen these. I've seen this before." <laughs> wow, <laughs> you're pregnant. Wow, yeah. Wow, that's that's really good because you know we all go through cycles and seasons um, of experiencing different emotional states. Some of them more balanced than others. And I think there's, I know there's someone listening who's maybe identifying with what you're saying about feeling like you're barely keeping your head above water. I've certainly been there. I know Chase has been there and it really comes down to creating a new thought, creating because The circumstances of our life are always neutral. They're, they are not either good, they're not good or bad unless and until we assign a thought. Because once we have a thought about a circumstance, then that leads to the emotion and then the actions of our life. And then that's really what's creating our reality. So it's like, I learned this from a, an OG uh, in the podcasting and coaching space years ago. And it felt like a light, like a light bulb of the universe was flipping on inside of me where it was like, oh, if I want to create a new reality for myself, if I don't love what's happening in my life currently, it comes down to the thoughts that I choose and I get to choose my thoughts. And so that just floored me when I realized like, oh, it starts with my thought because then, you know, it, it trickles down to the emotions and actions. And then that's what creates your reality. So, um, I mean, if there's anyone listening right now where it's like, you feel like your thoughts are just happening to you. And then that leads to this, you know, reality that you don't love, try to go back to that thought about your circumstances and rewrite a new thought. If you wanted to have a certain reality, what would be the thought that would change the rest of that pyramid? And it is a really powerful exercise and it really puts the responsibility and the ownership and the power back in your hands when you feel very powerless. Mm. I, there's a, I, whew, this is good. So two things. One, there is the understanding of, well, do we actually choose the thought 
because thoughts will come and go. So therefore, how much of that control do we actually have? And again, we do. And you said read, write, which is, I think is brilliant because for me, writing, journaling is like, the, the, I need to do that to be able to think clearly and like process through and really like get it out. Because there's like between my head and the pen, there's like a BS meter that I know what's going on. Do you know? It's like, it's like I can totally. like, I'm yeah. the same way. I have to write it yeah. out. I was like, I can check myself before I wreck myself if I do it this way. So it's like so much better. And so, and then it's like, uh, yeah, understanding the mind where it's like the mind will naturally have these thoughts coming and going. You are not your thoughts. Right. You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are not true. And again, there becomes this detachment, I feel, that comes from being able to have that. So then we can actually start more of a conscious aspect, being able to rewrite, well, what is it that we want? And again, I think that's where a practice such as mindfulness and meditation is extremely practical. This practice is practical because <laughs> we are able to therefore start to have this detachment and control over what's going on. And also I think it helps with rumination because if someone, and which I've very much experienced before, just thoughts are just like it's just all day every day like you have the world's worst housemate following you around the entire day talking junk like that's not fun so what do we do about that and so i find that interesting where it's a case of being able to have that control how do we have space rewriting what is it that we want but then it, i then also think of how do we change our identity so that then it becomes autonomous, automatic, mm -hmm. the, the thoughts. Do you mean like, is it a case of our identity therefore shape the thoughts we have or the feelings we have that then turn to the behaviours that we have that then turn to the actions that are then produced? Uh, I don't have the answer. I'm just kind of like talking out loud. Right yeah, now. yeah. I, I, think, sure. I, I think we've talked about this before where it's like, and it might have even been with you, where it's like, if you're not feeling love for yourself, okay, mm. pretend that you did love yourself. Yes, correct. What, we did talk what about that. would you do in this case, in this situation, whatever the situation is, if you did love yourself, what would you do? And I think mm -hmm. doing that over and over and over, then it starts to rewrite that script. It starts to kind of reshape that identity. And you can apply that across the board, not just with self-love, but okay, I'm trying to get healthy physically. Mm -hmm. If I was super physically fit, peak optimal health right now, would I choose this or would I choose that? It's almost like you make the decisions based on the reality that you want to get to before you're even in that reality. I think coming mm -hmm. full circle to something you, you've mentioned multiple times on the on the show is, is just start putting the work in. Just start something. We in this self-love journey, in this this journey of like, oh, I'm, I need to create better thoughts so that I can create better behaviors and better actions. We need evidence to have self-love. We need evidence of love so that we can realize that we are worthy of love. And um, maybe there are masters who can just turn the switch on and all of a sudden they're embodied in their own self-love uh, and self-discovery and expression. But most of us need to see a little bit of evidence. And so if you got to fake it till you make it, you got to get a little bit of a something out there that you can go and point to be like, 
I got up and got, got my ass into the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't believe that I deserved to get into the gym and deserved to look this particular way, but you know what? I did it today. I did it for a couple of weeks. I did it for a month. And all of a sudden that little, what seems to be fabricated thought form or story that I had to tell myself actually feels real now. And that's the power of momentum and these feedback loops. And so I think getting a little bit of a data set by just taking action in life mm -hmm. and being able to point back to it and go, you know what? I, I am actually worthy of this uh, because of, of what I've done is important. Hey, homies, if you're anything like Chase and I, you really enjoy exercise and building a healthy, strong body. Obviously, what we do inside the gym is important, but what we do outside of the gym is just as critical to our success, like the supplements you're using to support your results. One of our favorite conscious body brands is called Keon. We've both been using Keon for a few years now for muscle building, strength, and recovery. Keon is well known for being super clean, super tasty, and super effective. Our supplement trifecta. Chase and I both use the aminos, the whey protein, and the creatine on a regular basis. Yes, creatine is for women too. And Keon's is top of the top shelf. To learn more about Keon, head to our medicine cabinet at themedicine.com and use the code medicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount on any and all Keon products. Enjoy. I love this. This is something I find fascinating. Shit, I think I've said that multiple times so far. I do anyway, whatever. And so... <laughs> I don't agree with the fake it till you make it because more of my belief right now settles into a point of like, if we think of, let's say, self-esteem, the way that we see ourselves, we are constantly judging ourselves, which is a good thing because we know if, and let's use the gym analogy again, I'm literally wearing my gym shoes and I've got my gym shorts right now because I'm training legs straight after this. <laughs> and so... I know if I said to myself, tomorrow I'm training legs after I talk with Jason Mimi, right? However, if this call ends and I don't go and do it, only I will know. Oh, shit. You, you, everyone knows now, but yeah. only I will know if I didn't go. But it goes deeper because I think the gym is, is a brilliant training ground for life when it comes to this because only I know if I actually put the effort in in the training session. Did I do what I needed to do with the best quality and the best quantity with the best intensity with what I needed to do? That is very interesting to me because it is so easy to lie to ourselves. No, it's not. Uh, maybe it is easy to lie to ourselves, but it, it is a way in which if we do fall into the identity where we're not fulfilling promises that we're making to ourselves, that becomes poison, poison, because then that starts to change the identity, the way that we view ourselves. And then I just see that as slippery slope going down, down, down. Sure. So how do we change that from a, do you know what I mean? A slippery slope going down to a escalator going up. Great. Fulfill the promises to yourself on a daily basis. 
Get clear on what it is that you're promising to yourself, the things that you are saying, and stick to your word. Like at the end of the day, like if we use business as an example here, all business is, is you're making a promise to the marketplace to be able to add value. And then you fulfill that promise. Holy shit. That's not hard, fellas. Like it's, it's, it's very simple at the end of the day to be able to do that, but people lie to themselves. And they're not being truthful and honest with how that actually looks. And that's where it starts getting squirrely and it falls apart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, well put. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's probably one of those questions where it's like, you know, um, you know, you were saying like, I don't really agree with the fake it till you make it and everything like that. It's what probably one of those questions do you take action before you feel it? Or do you make yourself feel it before you can really take inspired action? probably one of those questions for the for the philosophers and that's what we are here today um do we do we have to feel something to do it that's it's just a question i posed to to myself do we have to feel something to be able to do it i don't know if you need to start but i think eventually you do like for 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 it to be sustainable Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. sustainable for longevity for scalability yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think there is at some point it's got to be felt for it to be sustainable. Um, but I don't necessarily think think it needs to be a barrier uh, to entry or trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it might depend on circumstance, you know, how you show up at the gym versus job or your career versus your relationship. It might be circumstantial and it might be yes, yes. and maybe maybe sometimes, you know, um, I think it can definitely vary. Um, I would love to hear you mentioned last time we spoke to you that you were going on a darkness retreat Mm. and I would love to hear, I'm just so curious. We we've talked about, you know, we've, we've known people that have done them. They just seem like, holy shit, that seems intense. Um, can you explain what a darkness retreat is? And uh, we'll, we'll just start there. So my experience of the darkness retreat, so I initially got uh, introduced to the concept when I really started to study a lot of Dzogchen, like a specific lineage of Buddhism. And the darkness retreats, I've done a couple so far, only just a couple days each, but profound, great experiences. And every time I've talked, sorry, not every time, I shouldn't talk in absolutes. Uh, a lot of the time when I've talked to people, when it comes to darkness street and they find out what I'm doing, they're like, that sounds like, like, that sounds like torture. That sounds like hell. Why the hell would you do that? Like they're kind of the responses that I'd hear back. And I'm like, uh, I love it. Like I just, I, I'm chomping at being able to do the next one and being able to like get that into the schedule. It is literally the place that I've done it thus far. Uh, It's a tiny room where it's got a single bed, uh, a chair to sit and meditate on. It's got a glass shower and a toilet, and there's just enough room to kind of fit a yoga mat in between the two. And then that's it. Uh, Next to the chair, uh, there is a, like a two-way door. So that if you have food, like they slide their side open, they can uh, put the food in, they shut it, they knock on it, then you can open up yours. Mm. And it is very self-explanatory. Darkness is complete darkness. I cannot see my face. uh, I cannot see, I can't see my face. I can't see my hand in front of my face. 
uh, it's extremely quiet and you go in for as long as you want to be able to go in for. And it's beautiful, the experiences that I've had, because each time I go in and it's been interesting, I go in, I'll sit, I immediately start to meditate. uh, And then you get really tired. For me, it's been, you get like, like your tiredness just like comes straight out. It's like Hmm. from the, the darkness being in there, um it's been very fascinating how then i'll meditate and it's like i had this nap and then you wake up from the nap and you have no idea what the time is Mm. and so the only gauge of time can be when they serve you food Mm. and so uh both times i actually fasted for the first 24 hours and so i had no idea of concept of the time i was like Oh my God. Like, did I sleep for five minutes or did I sleep for 12 hours? I have no idea what's going on right now. And then it's just being able to sit with yourself. And so for me, uh, each time it's coming in with curiosity. That's it. My, My intention was curiosity. I just want to be able to sit there and be curious to see what comes up, to be able to, uh, accept, uh, what comes up and to be able to work through. Uh, it was really interesting because before I went into my first one, I was practicing writing in the dark. So I'll just like close my eyes and try and write on a piece of paper. So if I was to have insights, I could record them for later and not constantly being thinking about, I really want to remember that, really want to remember that, really want to remember that. And so uh, my daughters thought it was hilarious because like at the start, they were watching me try and write with my eyes closed. And I was, I would write sentences all on the same line over the top of each other, (laughs) but eventually I got pretty good at it. And so there were just profound insights that I was able to have uh, throughout the experiences of them. And for me, I want to be able to be happy with myself. I love being able to sit in a room by myself and be content and to be at peace, uh, and to be curious about what comes up. So it's been, it's been great experiences for me thus far. Wow. And and how many days? Uh, it was two and a half days each the time from them. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible, man. I'd love to hear from you uh, what altered states of consciousness, whether that be through uh, plant medicine modalities or even like breath work, darkness, what that has uh, done for your life, for the things that you've accomplished and and really just for your own self-discovery. In the darkness, I don't think I had not done it long enough. They say it's from about three to four days that you really start to then have like DMT dumps Mm. going through. And it's very interesting. Like you read reports of people being in darkness for, I think, the typical, like, so the, the traditional is like 49 days. Uh, and they you, you read the reports of like what their experiences are at like weeks five and six. And it's, in, it's very interesting. Um, altered states of consciousness. I was very fascinated in them quite some time ago. And I don't know where this fascination came from. I was being asked like, how did you get like into it? And I was like, I don't know. It just like came to me. Like, I don't think we choose what we get interested in. That's something that's, um, Interesting. And so the first time I did psychedelics, I actually did a silent meditation retreat and I took two bags of mushrooms with me and I'd interview people about psychedelics. I'd talk to the people, but I'd never done it. I was like never into drugs as a kid. Like I, I used to drink a lot, like drink alcohol. I used to be a great binge drinker, which I haven't drank now for like nearly 10 years, but I did a silent meditation retreat and I took these 
two bags of mushrooms on the first afternoon and had an incredible experience of peace and coming to this universe, this cosmos as a whole. And it felt like things made more sense. There was more of a, just this breath out. It was like, it's okay. That, That was the sense. It's okay. And that was fantastic. Um, then there's been many, many, many other psychedelic experiences that I've had from 5-MeO DMT to ayahuasca to um, doing other things like ketamine, which is not a classical psychedelic. Uh, breathwork, I think breathwork is extremely, extremely fascinating. I've worked with many great breathwork practitioners and had many different types of experiences with them as well. And so for me, I think about it as like a hedonic calendar. It's like, okay, like how often should I be doing these things? Because I'm also very much not wanting to get into the, oh my God, I'm doing this all the time, which I see others. And I'm like, you're having these experiences all the bloody time. And so for me, when people are like, oh, I'm going into ceremony, I'm going to do the work. My opinion, that's not the work. That's the easy shit, right? Because- like, You're yes, not- there is an element of like surrendering. Like, and I think that's a, it's a skill, like very yeah. much a skill, surrender, surrender. And I say, I, I work that every single time I go into ceremony, surrender. And that helps me go through it. Especially like with a 5-MEO DMT experience where it's just like, whoa, so like you got to surrender and let that go. And then the feedback from those um, experiences has been very fascinating as well. So for example, it was not that long ago, I had a 5-MEO journey. And each and every time, uh, the lady that was serving, she's like, you you don't move, Chris. Like, she's like, I have people squirm and like go crazy and all sorts of things. She's like, you are just a rock. She's like, I, I just like, I inhale, I drop back and I don't move. And I just, I go to wherever I go to and have <laughs> the experience. And, uh, and then I just, I, I, I come out of it. And so the altered states I find interesting because for me, the work is in what we might call the integration, which is yeah. uh, life, <laughs> let's call it. Right? life. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, that's where I want to be able to use that. And I'm very much, again, like, like we've talked about this, but the, the Greeks use the word phrenesis, which is practical philosophy. So for me, I want to be able to say, well, what can I take from that experience and then be able to apply moving forward? How does this actually change me for the better yeah. so that I can serve moving forward? That's that's the concept with me. And so uh, it's something I want to experience, but I don't want to think I need to go there to have those experiences or to have like, it's not a crutch that I want to be able to fall on. So I'm very much be tentative when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. You're touching on so many foundational pillars that, you know, if you, if you speak to Oh, hang on. Sorry. I could be complete. I can be a complete hypocrite right now. One practice that I've had actually for a bit over two years was a I'll do a float tank uh, once a week and every second week I'll actually do it with about a gram or two of mushrooms as well. Oh, wow. And for me, that's been a profound, profound mm. practice that I've been doing because uh, it's not a microdose, it's not a macrodose. It's like it is in the middle, but I feel like with the synergistic effect with the float tank, 
is really good. And for me, it's just like, oh, I like my, my body recovers. I feel like my nervous system has been able to, I've been able to think through things and being able to like come to um, truths, insights that help me move forward from there. And so that's just been yeah. something I've actually found wow. very, very helpful. Yeah. Wow. What, Sorry, I cut um, you off, Mimi. No, it's okay. Totally. Um, what insights or epiphanies have all these different types of medicines, maybe one in particular or multiple, um, how have they helped you in this transformational time uh, with your business specifically? Have you ever received insights, mm. downloads related to your business slash purpose? Yes. Uh, with Josh, the new CEO of the business that I sold, we actually did a mushroom ceremony to like literally close out. So for me, it was energetically cutting myself off from the business, saying thank you. Like I think of businesses like this organism, like it's this living entity. And so for me, I was like, thank you so much. I, I, I birthed you. This has been such a beautiful part of my journey thus far, but I'm handing you off. And I, I remember being in it and being like, I was now like giving it off. And I was like, here you go. Um, and wanting to do it with all of the love that I possibly could have with that experience as well. And so for, for help with purpose, yes, these experiences have helped me come to know myself and what maybe we could say truth. Oh, I kind of sound a bit spiritually shit. Um, <laughs> being more honest with myself maybe could be a better way to term it. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to business, I think it's been me being a better human being that then has me just show up better for the business. I don't think I've had to like, I've never come out of a ceremony and being like, that's the funnel or that's yeah. the product or like anything <laughs> like that. Totally. I don't think that's ever happened, but I think it's definitely been the case of like, I'm, I'm better to serve. I'm better equipped to serve now. Yeah. 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 I, I totally feel you. And, and it can be something as simple as like a stronger capacity to empathize and be a better leader mm. and be a better listener, or it can be quite, quite literal, you know, circuitry in your brain that's firing in a brand new way. And you have thoughts that are outside of the traditional box. So it can be supportive of, of creative endeavors as well. And, and so I, I definitely feel that, you know, as you're, as you're really transitioning, um, and looking at what's next, what, what has come up for you? What are some epiphanies that you may have had? Um, where do you feel called next? Oh, thank you for asking. I, so this has consumed a lot of my thinking process and time and energy recently. Uh, I came up with this concept where I feel like a lot of us, we're wanting to get meaning out of the work that we do and like support the life. And so for me, I thought of these, like uh, th these two circles and they, they can or they don't have to overlap. And so for me, one of them is meaning. How do we get meaning out of what it is that we do? And the other is money. So I have a meaning-making machine and I have a money-making machine. Uh, my money-making machine now is uh, very much passive invest investments that I have and also partnering and advising that I do with businesses. I don't talk about that publicly. Like this is probably the most someone will hear about that ever, like just on that, because 
one, I don't have to publicly really talk about it. And it's not something I'm like, I want to talk about because I'm more fascinated with the meaning stuff, which is like what I'm doing with the Christopher Dufay podcast, why I'd want to be able to write essays, why I want to shoot videos, why I want to be able to answer how do we live a good life? So for me, these are these two little things. So they don't overlap really, if it could be perfectly honest. You mean, so where a lot of people is like, oh, I run this business and this gives me meaning. That's like the two circles completely overlap with each other. And they're like the same kind of thing. So for me, it's not like that. And so me very much for the next decade, I see for what I want to be focusing on is really mastering and crafting and having the skill sets so that I can best help people live a more fulfilled, peaceful life. And that is where I want to be able to serve because I feel like I have been able to have such great achievements, such great um, I'm just so grateful for how things have rolled out. I, I I want to be able to give back. And that's where a lot of this comes to now. So good. Last question from me. What archetype or archetypes do you feel like you're stepping into currently? The king. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm I've transitioned from prince to king and I'm really embodying that. I yeah, it feels throughout my cells that's what I'm doing. Uh, and whether that's just me telling a story or that's exactly what it is hell that story makes me feel really good but that's what it is i want to truly be able to sit in that position um and to be able to best serve and i think that's what a king best does and he's yeah. it's not about me it's about the the position itself and how to actually best do that yeah, yeah. i love that i, I feel so it for me brother and and i'm uh just so appreciative and, and grateful for you and your uh, transparency and honest honesty as you uh really just share this journey of, of your life. And, and um, I think one of the things that comes with embodying the King archetype is uh, that awareness as to uh, what it took to get to where you are and being open and willing to share the learnings uh, along the way. So nothing but gratitude from me as I look up to you in so many ways. Um, last question we ask uh, every guest um, on the medicine podcast what currently in your life feels like medicine, and we use that term uh, pretty unconventionally here, feels like medicine for you in your life currently? Well, that's really easy to answer. Loving relationships. Mm. That's it. Yeah. I, I was going to say to what you just said, Chase, so thank you for saying that, but I, a king can only be a king with other great men around him and other great women around him as well. And so Mimi, I extend that to very much yourself as well. But he's the only way they do that. I do not believe in the self-made man. Uh, this is a team game that we're playing life. And so for me, the medicine is very much loving relationships and me wanting to put the time, effort and energy into uh, cultivating strong, loving relationships. Um, so, because for me, my four values in life is wisdom, health, wealth, and loving relationships. And mm. so for me, it's something because again, like to be transparent, like so much of my journey, especially like b- building the business and stuff like that, dude, I hermited myself for years. Like people are like, oh, wow. Like that, that you don't see the years of me sitting in an office by myself, just, yeah 
Do you mean the sleepless nights, the anxiety attacks, the the things that just feel like you're just crumbling and failing, and what the what is the point of all of this? And going through those roller coaster of emotions. Um, and one of the things I sacrificed going through that was not being able to have relationships that I truly love. So for me now, it's very much a point of what I'm wanting to optimize for. Yeah. Love that. Oh, love that. It all comes back to relationships, always loving relationship mm. with our partner, with ourselves, of course, with our loved ones, with our family, with the earth, with divinity, with movement, with food, like that's what we talk mm. about on every single episode is mm. how do we acquire the tools and the knowledge and the, the consciousness to create healthy relationships in every aspect of life. So bringing it full circle. Um, we're just so grateful to, to know you and to call you friend and to just be, you know, a tiny little piece of your journey that has been, it, it just is, it's epic. And it, uh, we are so grateful that you're here and that um, you've, uh, you know, have been sharing your wisdom with us and our listeners. It's, it's really, really great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I love, respect and admire the two of you so very much. You're an absolute gift. So I have eternal gratefulness for it. I, my, my, my love cup is full. So yeah. Same. Where, uh, <laughs> where can people find you, Chris, if they, if they want to know more? Uh, the easiest place to go to is just the Christopher Dufay podcast. Uh, that is just me sharing, uh, great conversations just like this, where we had, we had a great conversation for the podcast and it's where I'm wanting to be able to document what I'm doing to be able to live my best life, but very much wanting to be able to share what it is that we need to do in a, in a practical sense. And I think that's where I want to be able to differentiate what else is out there uh, when it comes comes to like content and consuming and information is like, I want to make this really practical. I want you to be able to walk away and go, you know what, from that conversation, I can do X and you know if it works or if it doesn't. Um, I'm not extremely entertaining as you've probably gotten thus far, do you know what I mean? But I hopefully am very useful. So uh, yeah, the Christopher Duvet podcast is the best place to go to. All right, perfect. And you guys obviously all have the links and things in the show notes for you to check out. Thank you, Chris, for joining us today. We, uh, we're so grateful for you again. Thank you, listeners, for hanging in there. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.